0: Well, hey, good morning, and welcome to Alive Family Church. You guys all doing good this morning? Oh, man, it is a good morning to be in God's house. I'm so glad that you guys have joined us this morning. We are in week three of our February series. We've titled Wait Till I Get My Money Right, and we are having a blast this month. How many of you guys have been here for at least one of our weeks in the series? Let me see a show of hands, okay, good number. If this is your first time with us, man, we are on a journey together this month to learn how to manage, maximize, and multiply God's money. And uh, we've covered a lot so far already in our first two weeks, right? In week one, it was all about money on our mind. And we looked at four different mindsets or perspectives that we should have when it comes to money. In week two, uh, we talked about last week, it was Super Bowl Sunday, right? God's money managers. We talked about how God entrusts you and I to be good stewards of the finances and the resources that God gives us. And uh, I saw this meme, I thought I'd start out with this in light of Super Bowl last week. Uh, Go ahead and put that on the screen for them. Uh, I like this one. Going to Target for toothpaste. Do we have it or no? Sorry. All right. There we go. Punchline can't happen. Going to Target for toothpaste and the cashier says that will be $87 And $0.13, right? Me and my bank account, right? And if that's ever happened to you, Target can get you like that, right? But if you missed either of the first two week messages, I highly encourage you guys go back and listen to the podcast or check it out online and watch it. Uh, And for those of you guys that maybe are joining us for the first time, hey, welcome. And here's a disclaimer, we don't talk about money every Sunday, all right? We actually don't talk about money very often at all. We've actually only had four hours of teaching from the platform in the entire six and a half years that we've been a church in existence about money and stewardship, right? I would, I would say that we're very undertaught and under-discipled as a church body and a family when it comes to this area. And it's an area that God and his word has a lot to say about, right? We've talked about this all month already. 16 out of the 38 parables that Jesus taught were dealing with money, one out of every 10 verses in the Gospels deals with money. And if you look at the Bible in its entirety, there's over 500 verses on prayer. There's a little less than 500 verses on faith, subject we do series on every year. But there's over 2,000 verses in the Bible that deal with money and possessions. Everyone say, Hello. God wants to get our attention on this because he knows how much this can control our life in a good way or in a bad way. And God desires for us to know how to properly manage and steward his money, right? And I believe God has a desire for us as a live family church, as a church family, as a body, to grow in these areas of stewardship and management because he wants us to be blessed to be a blessing. Amen? And as I mentioned, all series, I'll say it again because everybody comes at different times, there is no hidden agenda on this series with money, okay? This series is not a money grab by the church, Uh, there's not going to be some high pressure offering after the last week next Sunday, and we're just going to wait until we get a certain number, all right? There's no building campaign coming at the end of this series, come on somebody, and at no point today or next week or ever will we say, you need to sow a seed of $7,000 so we can send you seven blessings, Also, coffee's good this morning, amen? The coffee's great this morning, amen? Notice in the lobby, we're not selling any Dead Sea mud or holy water or miracle stuff. Gosh, this is just simply because our Father loves us, amen? I've sent such a strong anointing on the Word of God this morning and all month because in the heart of a Father who loves us and wants what's best for His kids He wants us to know how to honor him in this area, how to trust him in this area because he can unlock so many new things in our lives if we learn to just lean in and trust him, amen? And so today, we're going to get after it. And so the first two weeks, we kind of talked more about the perspective of money, how we relate with it, how we view with it, the ownership versus manager and all the stewardship and all that stuff. Today and next week, so today, this morning, and next week, we're going to dive into more some of the practical, all right? So I know some of you guys have been uh, hungry for this. Really more how to get our finances in order. How do we get our finances in alignment to God's will and God's word in God's plan for us. And so I want to jump right in today because we literally have got a lot of content to cover, and I believe this message specifically has the potential to literally change your life. And so I want to encourage you guys to If you're taking notes today, highly encourage you to take some notes today. We're going to go to a lot of places. We don't have time to camp out much on stuff, so there's going to be a further study that I encourage you guys to go in and look at these scriptures for yourself. Uh, But if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is The God First principle. Everyone say God first. The God first principle. We're going to learn and look at what God, what it looks like to put God first in our finances. And specifically, we're going to spend the whole of our time talking about this concept or this subject called tithing, right? Uh, we're going to cover a lot of the details, the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, the how, right? And discover the why behind the what of tithing. And more importantly, help unlock and unleash the power of the tithe in our lives, and our finances. Amen? But first, let's pray and ask God's help today on today's message. Would you pray with me, Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And we just thank you for today. We thank you for your will your presence, your plan, your purpose. Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. And so we, we push past all of our preconceived notions, all of our beliefs, all of our understandings. And today we step forward and we say, God, speak your word. What is truth? Your word is truth. And the truth shall set us free, shall release us from the spirit of the world, spirit of money, spirit of greediness, consumerism, materialism. And so Father God, we ask you to get a hold of our hearts today. And deposit your truth in your word that will change us for generations to come. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody agreed, said, Amen. I want to start with a story. So uh, there were two men. And these two men were uh, stuck on a deserted island, all right? And the one man uh, was pacing back and forth on the beach, very stressed out. He was nervous, he was afraid, while the other guy was simply just sitting there kind of sunning himself uh, in the sun, enjoying the nice scenery. And the, the guy that was all stressed out said to the one guy who was just chilling and sunbathing, he said, Aren't you afraid that we're going to die? And that man turned to the other man and he said, No, I make $100,000 a week and I tithe faithfully to my church every week. My pastor will find me. Sorry. <laughs> That's just a joke. It's just a story, right? Uh, but, but we need to laugh a little bit because oftentimes when we start saying the word tithing at church... Um, sparks start to fly, oftentimes I see fangs come out of really nice people that are normally nice on Sundays, and people get all tense and weird and like, "Uh uh-oh, no, I don't want you to talk about this, and it shouldn't be that way. It really shouldn't be that way at all. I want you guys to take a deep breath, relax, somebody poke your neighbor and say, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right, praise God, all right? All I want today, my goal, my assignment is I want us to have some good biblical teaching on the tithe and tithing, amen? Amen. That's my assignment today. You take it for what it is. You don't believe it because somebody else believes it. You believe it because you see it in God's word. But I'm telling you what, there is so much blessing backing the word of God today, it's not even funny. And so God is going to move. And one of the areas I see uh, the enemy attack so much is is in this subject, is in obviously our finances, specifically the tithe. And and I think so many Christians, uh, even good-meaning, well-meaning Christians and believers for years have just had a misunderstanding about tithing or a distorted view of it, and the statistics uh, don't lie about that. I found these, I don't have these for the screen, but only 5% of the U.S. tithes, uh, with 80% of Americans only giving 2% of their income away. Uh, Christians are giving currently at a rate of 2.5% per capita of what they make, 2.5. Now we're going to learn the tithe is 10, right? Get this, Christians gave in the Great Depression at a rate of 3.3% per capita. We're doing less than when the Great Depression happened. And uh, for those of you guys that call Live Family Church home, you guys know that we recently have shared our 2023 annual report. And, man, God was so faithful to us last year. Amen? If you guys saw that report or you got emailed that report or that link of the report, we saw a record breakout year. We grew in average Sunday attendance by 76%. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I don't make this to be a Debbie Downer, but I also know that, man, we've got room to grow because I also looked, if you looked at the last sheet, the finances, God has blessed us and taken care of our needs God, my goodness, God has been so faithful, but finances grew by 27%, but attendance grew by 76%. Everyone say, wait till I get my money right, wait till I get my money right. How many guys know we got room to grow there? There's, There's opportunity there. I don't look at it as a negative, I look at it as, my goodness, we're not even scratching the surface of the kingdom impact that God wants us to have as a church family, amen? And we're already making a huge difference. So for the remainder of our time, I'm going to, I want to do as much teaching as I can on the tithe to really help us out. And like I encourage you, hey, if, if you've got a notebook, if you've got a note on your phone, we're going to go really fast. Normally, I'm a three-point guy. I got seven points today. So you'll pray for your brother, all right? All right, but we're going to need to get through those points much quicker than I normally camp out on any other point, all right? So keep praying, keep believing God that we'll get out of here on time, amen, and that God will move in mighty ways, amen? So you guys ready? You guys ready to dive in? I'm going to go really fast here, all right? Point number one, the tithe is 10% of your income, all right? So the Hebrew word for tithe, when we see it in Scripture, is maserar, and it literally means a tenth, or the payment of the tenth part, all right? It's used 32 times in the Bible, and it's always referring to a tenth part, all right? The definition then, by definition, the tithe is 10%, or or one-tenth of our increase which in our day and age would be our income. We see this in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. It says, And all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's, and it is holy to the Lord. And so tithing represents giving of one-tenth of your earnings, your increase, your income. Now back in Bible times, it it was a big agrarian culture. What does that mean? It means a lot of farming. So what they prospered and they increased in animals, in crops, right? And so they brought their increase, their income, right? And they brought that to the house of the Lord as the tithe, right? Today, I don't know many people, I haven't really met many people lately in the lobby say, yeah, I had an increase of crop yesterday, my goodness, and uh, we dropped them in the giving box, you know what I'm saying? Or like, I brought my cow today because this is the firstborn, and uh, you guys can have this. I brought them to the house of the Lord. I haven't seen that yet. Now, if you do that, I don't know, security, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but, but we, we prosper by paychecks, right? We work for employers. We, we, we prosper. We increase by income, by money. Are you guys all on the same page, right? So God is saying, hey, 10% of that, that is the tithe. Now, side note, 10% of your income or increase, it's, it's referring to your income or your money. It's not referring to your time. It's not referring to your talent. I know a lot of people, well, I tithe my time. Well, you can give 10% of your time. That's awesome. But the tithe scripturally isn't talking about your time, It isn't talking about your worship ability or your ability to serve over here. Those are all great things. It's talking about income. It's talking about money and bringing a tenth of your increase to the storehouse of God. Now, some of you guys might be like, well, why 10%? Have you ever asked that question? Why, Why 10? And here's the deal. We won't know on this side of heaven fully until we can sit down at the table and talk to Jesus about this. But a couple thoughts on this. Number one, it's a percentage. It's not a fixed amount. I think this is a good thing. Amen? Regardless of how much you make, don't make want to make, should have made, right? It's a percentage. And so it's fair and it's even for all, amen? And it's scalable. The more you make, the tithe goes up, right? The least you make, the tithe goes down. It's a percentage, right? Now, the other interesting thing, if you've ever studied God's word, is there's a lot of symbols in his word. And 10, the number 10 is often a symbol of testing in the Bible, if you study the Bible from cover to cover. Go with me for a little bit. How many plagues were there in Egypt? 10, right? How many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? 10, right? How many commandments were there? Ten, right? How many days was Daniel tested in the first book of Daniel? There's a pattern here. Ten, right? In Matthew 25, right? What? Yeah, you're going to guess ten. She's awesome. All right, she's awake. In Matthew 25, how many virgins had to get their preparedness tested? Ten, right? How many disciples were there? Twelve. I was just testing you. Sorry, all right? Come on, we got to wake up. The coffee is good, but you do have to drink it, all right? Come on. There's 12 disciples, all right? Sorry, that was bad. That was bad. That's, I'm having fun this morning. So tithing represents the 10%. It represents a test for us as believers. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a second. But it's 10%. Can we be on that baseline? It's 10%. It's not 3%. You can't tithe 3% because 3% will never equal 10%, right? You can give 3% of your increase or your income, But God sets the standard at 10. Does that make sense? So the tithe is a 10th part or 10%. And right now is a really good time to check up on how we're all doing. We do this as well. Because usually right now we're getting W-2s and we're learning how much did we make last year. And so you can easily do this. if You're like, I didn't know anything about this. This is brand new to me. Take your W-2 and see how much you made. If you call Alive Family Church home, take your Alive Family Church 2023 giving statement, which you should have been emailed or mailed in the mail the last few weeks. If you haven't got that, you can go online or come contact us and look how much you gave to the church. Take the amount you made, times it by .1 or 10%, and that amount is the tithe. Then compare that to your giving statement and see what opportunity there might be there to trust the Lord in another way. Does that make sense? There's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no condemnation on that. It's just the cold, hard facts and reality of where things are at, because the tithe is 10%, amen? Y'all following? All right, number two. Let's answer this question. Does it matter when I give my tithe? And the answer is yes. Number two, the tithe is the first 10%. Everybody say first The first, the tithe is the God-first principle when it comes to our finances. The tithe is the first fruits of your increase or income. It's not the last fruits. It's not the middle fruits. It's not the fruits if there's enough fruits left over after I've done everything I've wanted to do. It is the first fruits. We see this in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. I love this scripture. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Did you know that we could honor God with our increase? Lord, I honor you forever, forever. We're singing that. One of the ways we can do that is by taking him at his word when it comes to our finances. We can honor God with our wealth. How? With the first fruits of all your crops or your increase, right? Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. We see this principle of firstfruits, or other times it's called the principle of the firstborn in scripture, all throughout the Bible, that God wants the first and he wants the best so that he can bless the rest, amen? God wants the first and he wants the best so that he can put his blessing on the rest of it, right? And tithing is a way that you and I can put God first. I love what Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 23 says in the Living Bible translation, it says the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. And so remember, we've talked a lot about this at Alive, but what we do first determines the rest, right? Have you heard me say that before? What we do first determines the rest. We talked about that in January. Pray first. series. what we do in the first of the year determines how the course of the rest of our year goes. What we do first with our paychecks and our finances determines the rest and how that goes with those finances, right? When we tithe and we give God the first, it helps us bring into alignment the rest of the finances that he's entrusted in our care. Does that make sense? And so how many of you guys know this is tough? Cuz it takes faith to give God the first. Amen? It takes faith to give God the first. It takes faith to trust God with the first 10% before all the bills are paid or anything else happens financially for us, right? From the very beginning, though, of Scripture, if you study this out, God has always required His people to give to Him first. Never last. Never last, right? First of all, their crops. It came harvest time, they've been working their tails off. The first and best crops always went to the Lord in His house. The firstborn of every male animal without spot or blemish was brought in sacrifice to the Lord. Why? So that the blessing could be on the rest. Never once did God say, why don't you bring me that defective little runt of the litter? You know the one cattle that always gets in the neighbor's flowers? Bring that one as the tithe. Never once do you see that in Scripture. Always it's the first and it's the best. And I believe God deserves the first and the best. Do you guys agree with that? It sounds a lot similar to what Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. He said, but seek, say it with me, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Seek and trust God first, and he'll take care of your needs, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live. If he takes care of the birds and the lilies, he will take care of you. He is Jireh. He is the Lord that provides. Amen? God will take care of you. And so practically, man, uh, this is tough. Let me just, I just want to be transparent with you guys. Eric and I try to do this as much as possible. And there's been areas in our life and along the, the years of our marriage where maybe we didn't give it exactly first, but God's not legalistic and he doesn't hold it over against you. So don't make this super legalistic in law, but try to have a spirit and heart where God, you always get the tithe first. And so we've always endeavored to do the first thing once we get paid is to give God the tithe. I've literally recently in this season of my life I know when I am get paid because it's bi-weekly so I know when it's coming throughout the whole calendar year. So I've put a calendar invite in the morning during my Devo time that says bring the tithe to the Lord and it pops up usually right at the end of my time of worship and prayer with God. And it reminds me immediately to drop what I'm doing and I get on my phone. I like to give online so I give through the Church Center app when we give. How many of you guys know it's good that your pastor's tied to the church, amen? You gotta practice what you preach, amen? Right, so the first thing we do is we get on there and we give our tithe. I mean, it's worship, and I thank God for it. I thank God that he's blessing the remaining 90. I thank all of it. It's an act of worship. It's not a bill. It's not a regulation. It's not a duty. It is a blessing because we get to give, amen? Now, why do we do that? That way, if I give God the tithe first, Starbucks, Aldi, you guys know the Giso family on Friday nights, Gus's, or the mortgage company or the utility company, they don't get the tithe first, If I get to it it was direct deposited at 4 a.m. on that Friday morning and at 5.30 I give it, no one else gets it first. God gets it first. Now we haven't had a month of expenses yet and we don't know what's coming down the pike, but who's our faith and trust in? It's in him. He's our source, not our paycheck, amen? He's provider and he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He knows what's coming and he knows how it works best. And so it's an act of faith To give that large amount, because 10%, depending on how much you make, can get pretty big and large, let's be honest. And we give it to him first, before anything else. My goodness, and here's the cool news. You attend a church that practices God's word and tithing, from the very beginning. Before we even launched, we did a fundraiser to get the church off the ground. We had thousands of dollars come in. And just so you know, from day one, we tithed it off of all the fundraising money. Before we even opened our doors for a first service, we went around town and we gave checks to all these non-profits and missionaries and all that stuff. And they were like, who are you? And you're not even a church yet? And you're giving large checks? I said, yes, this house is built on God's word. And if his blessing's on, on not on it, we ain't going to open up our doors. Of course, we're not here to play church. We're not here to mess around. We're on kingdom business. Amen? We need God's blessings. So from the very beginning, we've given away at least 10% of the church's income. So you can trust it. Hey, we're, we're practicing this in our own lives because we want God's hand on our finances. Amen? And I'll tell you what, if you've been with us for the journey, God has blessed our church in the first six and a half years supernaturally. Through a worldwide pandemic, through record inflation, when many churches shutter their doors, guess who's still standing and taking new kingdom ground? Praise God. And I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't boast in that. We're not bragging that, but we're bragging on the God who made that happen, amen? But it happens when you put God first, amen? You have to put God first. Now, some of you guys will get like really like, like nitpicky like, the net or the gross? I knew you were going to ask that question. And here's, here's what I'm going to say to that real quickly. It's totally up to you. The key is have your heart to be like, Lord, I want to get to that 10% if I'm not there yet or continue to be consistent and just stay consistent. For most of our married life, like halfway through, we gave off the net and then we gave a a tithe off of our tax income return that comes. Then the Lord really showed us and convicted us personally, not thus saith the Lord in his word. He said, I want to challenge you to tithe off the gross. And so Eric and I, we personally tithe off the gross. Why? Because we want God to get the first and the best before anybody else. Before the government gets their cut, before our 401k gets our cut, before our health savings plan gets our cut, God gets his because it belongs to him, amen. And he blesses. Now God's not legalistic, but if we get up to heaven and it was a higher number and you did the lower number, whoa, right? So we always go high. We always just round up high. It's like, hey, you know, if maybe it's just the net, and man, I could have had a lot of extra money in my bank account. Here's what I know: you can't outgive God. You cannot outgive God. And so, hey, wherever you're at here, lead as the Holy Spirit leads you. Work to that figure. Maybe have some conversations there. But again, settle it in your heart. Don't believe it because somebody told you to do it or said to do it. Do it because, you see, God is calling you to it. Amen? And he'll bless you through it. Amen? You all doing good? That's number two. Another question we should settle is, who does the tithe belong to? And this is number three. Point number three is, the tithe belongs to the Lord. Now, this deals with the owner versus steward mentality. If you guys were here for week two, so this shouldn't come as a surprise to you, but again, I think it's healthy that we hear it every single week of this series. It's not ours, it's the Lord's, amen? Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, we read that, but let's look at the end of it. And all the tithe, the land, and whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's and it is holy to the Lord. Did you catch that? Who is the tithe? Who, who does it belong to? It's the Lord's. The, another translation says, belongs to the Lord. And it says it's holy. What is holy? Holy is set apart. It means it's really important to the Lord. This isn't just a casual whatever. This is holy and set apart to the Lord, right? The most humbling thing I had to realize in my life when it became to finances is the tithe doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. This mindset will help you release the grip on the first 10% of your income. It's the only perspective that will. Otherwise, we always want more, and we always could do with more, and we always want increasing, we always want more, right? The tithe belongs to the Lord. But unfortunately, a lot of Christians keep the tithe in their bank accounts, or they keep the tithe and then they spend the tithe on other bills or other conveniences of life. But it actually, whether you do that or not, it doesn't change the truth of God's word that the tithe belongs to the lord we have to stick with the word of god on this right and, and it's interesting that bringing to the lord that tithe every every time you study the verses in the bible where it talks about the tithe it never once says give the tithe i think a lot of christians think well i give I'm, i give 10 percent." and actually this i hate to bar, burst your bubble and you're not a bad person true giving begins at 11 percent and above according to the Bible. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And that's like, whoa, for us that maybe aren't given at all or whatever. The tithe belongs to the Lord. It, it belongs to him, right? And so everywhere in the Bible where you see the word tithe, it's they bring the tithe or they brought the tithe. They never gave the tithe because here's what we know. You can't give what's not yours, right? You can't give what's not yours. If everything we have is on loan from God, we're just returning the tithe to him, Right? Now, I know this is like, pfft, what the heck, right? But this is, again, I'm not saying this. preacher didn't say this. This is, uh, again, we're trying to just stick with God's word here. The tie belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to Eric. It doesn't belong to Frank. It doesn't belong to the company. It belongs to the Lord, and it's holy. He takes it serious. And so either we do what He says to do, and we're blessed, or we're cursed, because we're going to look at that in a second. And ain't nobody want a cursing on our finances. Amen? But we all need help financially, and sometimes this area is the biggest area that fails to come in alignment when it comes to God's word to come finance. But when we get this area right, it takes care of the rest. I'll tell you what. And so the tithe isn't actually giving. It's, it's just returning to the Lord what already belongs to him. I don't know about you guys. I don't want to keep. I don't want to rob. I don't want to steal something that belongs to the Lord and hold on to it if, he, if he's supposed to have it, if his hands want to bless it. Amen? And I'm sure we are the same way. You guys doing good? Woo! Everybody say hallelujah. All right, good. Just got to have a release or something, right? All right, question. To whom do I pay my tithe? So who do I, do I get the designated? Do I give it wherever I want? Let's talk about this. Number four, the tithe is to be given to your church. What? Exodus 23, 19. The first of the firstfruits of your land shall you bring into the house of the Lord your God. Multiple places throughout scripture it says to bring the firstfruits or the tithes into the house or the church of God. In Malachi 3.10, which we're going to go there in a minute and spend a lot of time there, the first part of that verse says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. The storehouse is equivalent to the modern-day local church. God's word instructs us to bring the tithe to the local church where you get fed. Where are you planted and where are you getting fed spiritually? And that's where you bring the tithe to. Throughout scripture, God always says to bring the tithe into the house of God. And so here's where people get a little up in a ruffle, but again, we're preaching the word here. We're just trying to stick with the word. It does not say to give the tithe to a missionary. It does not say to give the tithe, the first 10% to a parachurch ministry or a local ministry or a nonprofit or to sponsor a compassion child with the tithe. All those things are great and we do all those things above and beyond the tithe but the tithe belongs to the Lord and it comes to the local body, or the local expression, or the local church that you attend. Now, if you don't attend church, you're like, cool, I don't have to tithe. No, that's not it. You've got to find a ministry that you're, what are you, who, who's feeding you? And if, if you have no one feeding you, that's a concern because those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So if we just bounce around and listen to sermons and do that thing and hang out of that house church and do all this, but we never plant ourselves, we're on dangerous territory. I'm not saying that's unholy or bad. I'm just saying, who, who's your source? Who's going to marry and bury you? Who's going who's gonna to provide for you? Who, who's who's going to help you? But we have a consumer Christianity culture that just kind of p- takes and picks what they like, that scratches their itching ears, and calls it the gospel. It's not going to get it done. Amen? That's, that's, wow, that wasn't in my notes. Praise God. Everybody doing good? Everybody smile. smile. Smile is my favorite, Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? All right? Good. All right, so it belongs to the Lord. You give it to him through giving to the local church, right? I found that people can get real funky when we start talking about this. They're like, I want to, it's my 10%. I'm going to, it's not your 10%. It's his 10%. I'm going to give it wherever I want. Don't you? Take that up with the Lord, all right? But when you give your tithe, it may seem like you're giving it to an organization, a church, or man, but know that by faith in scripture, I'm going to show it to you, you're actually giving it to God, all right? In Hebrews chapter 7, Verse 8 says, Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he, Jesus, receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. So we got to get this settled. We might give in a box or a bucket, or we might pull out our phone or our computer and give online, or we might set up reoccurring giving and do that so we don't miss it and we don't ever miss it, right? But that is the natural platform. We give to mortal men here on earth. They receive the tithes. Never take a tithe. You never hear, it's time to take the tithe. God's not trying to take anything from you. He's trying to get something to you, amen? We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to receive them, right? You give to mortal men, but God, Jesus, receives it in heaven. So that's why the tithe, bringing our tithes is actually worship to the Lord. The same way we can sing and lift our hands and glorify God is the same way we can do with our pocketbooks when it comes to the first 10%. I believe and we believe it's worship. That's why oftentimes we receive the tithes in the midst of the worship set every service because it's strategic, because it isn't a bill, it isn't an obligation, it isn't a oh man, it's a get to, it's worship to the Lord. Therefore we're going to do it during worship. Now, I've been to plenty of amazing churches that have giving kiosks in their lobbies and all that. I'm not against that. But the reason why our one giving box is in the sanctuary, not the lobby, because we want it to be a holy place set apart where you can also give physically. We do things with intentionality and purpose because we believe the Lord is honored by that. Amen? And, we, and it also helps our perspective stay healthy on the topic of the tithe. And so, man, we've, we've covered some really good ground so far. You guys, are, did we already get through Four? Wow. okay, we're doing good. All right. So we've covered that the tithe is 10% of our income, right? The tithe is the first 10% of our income. We've talked about that the Lord, the tithe belongs to the Lord, and it's holy unto him, right? And then lastly, it's, it's given to our local church. All right, so I'm going to need some help here. I'm just looking. I want to illustrate this real quick before we move on. Alex Hinton, you want to come up here, bro? Can you help me out with this? Awesome. Let's give it up for Alex. Alex beats those drums really amazing. Come on up here, just stand right here. I want to explain what I'm doing to the people. So I have I have $100 in this envelope right here. This is a fake. I printed this out. My printer actually got mad at me. so said, don't do that. This is the old 100 The new ones have a little stripe and stuff like that. So... Somebody like, I've never seen $100 before. No, I'm just kidding. This is just paper, all right? But inside this envelope, I've got $100, but I did it in tens just to make it really easy for our illustration so we don't rip any, any money up here on stage, all right? So, so you get blessed and you get $100, $10, $10 bills, and these are yours, all right? You get blessed. Awesome. So based off what we have learned, what is the tithe on that 100 I know I'm really, this is hard stuff, all right? This is hard math. Ten dollars. All right, everybody give it up for him. Ten dollars. So he gave it first, right? now? Question for you, take it back, just for the crowd, so we can understand this. Which of those ten dollar bills is the tithe? Which one? The first one. Amen. The first one that leaves his, the first one that leaves his hand is the tithe. The first charge on your bank account or credit card after you get paid is the tithe, whether you like that or not. Some of us need to recalibrate our paycheck and our draft schedule so that we've got a little more than an hour or a couple minutes to get God his before the company takes ours. Does that make sense? Little tweak here, but God will honor it, trust me. So he gives the first, the first 10% is the tithe. Now, how much do you have left? You have 90. He started with 100. Does this feel like a bad deal? At first, naturally, right, like you had 100, and now you only have 90, right? But he gives the tithe, he brings it to his local church, he drops it in the box, he does whatever, he gives online, and now, as we're going to learn in a few minutes here, God goes to work, and God's blessing now touches this remaining 90%, all right? God can use this to build his kingdom, save souls, disciple the people, pastor the church, grow the church, build the kingdom, and now he has a blessing on that $90 that's remaining. If you would have kept this, all of it would have been cursed according to the word of the Lord that we're going to look at in a second here. I don't know about you guys, I don't need a curse on any amount of my money, not even, and on 100% of it, I don't want it, right? So you're like, Lord, take yours, take it. Now because God's awesome in the blessing of the tither, God places it on somebody's heart today and says, you know what, I really love Alex. He's working his tail off in that cage. He's getting it done. You know what, I want to bless him with $10 maybe for coffee or towards lunch. So here you go, brother, on your way out, somebody gives you that. Now you're leaving with 100. And I'm going to let you take that off stage there, bro. That's you. That's for you. Thank you for the illustration, all right? Come on. Let's go. Bring it in. Love you, man. Come on. Let's give it up for Alex. I'm telling you, it pays to come to church. All right? And that's my one dad corny joke, all right, for the, for the sermon. But hopefully that illustration just shows you it's, it's the first one. It's the first 10%. It's not the last, right? He didn't go pay all his bills first and say, God, I give you what I got left. He gave it first before he ever knew what was coming. Amen? That's how God does it. Now, real quickly, because of time's sake, we got to go through these last three points. Are you guys with me? You guys buckled in here? Because I want to address something that somebody's like, ah, you haven't went here yet, Pastor. I'm going to go here. Because there are a lot of people that argue against tithing because they say it is Old Testament it is old covenant, it is under the law, and therefore we're not under the law anymore, which is a true statement, but therefore we should not tithe. And I want to address that for a few minutes, all right? I don't want to nerd out on you, but I need to give you some scripture here, All right. Many argue that tithing is just an Old Testament principle. It was only under the law. Now that we're under the law of grace, we no longer should or need to tithe. And I just, I just don't believe that's true based on the study of word. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong there. But here's what I know. You can't outgive God. And so I'm thankful that I do get to give him at least 10%, maybe even more. And God can bless it and build his church. And I'm good. And I've learned to live off the rest. Amen. But for you, you've got to settle this in your own heart. But tithing shows up from cover to cover in the Bible. It shows up hundreds of years before the Mosaic Law, which I'm going to give you two examples. It shows up during the law, the Mosaic Law. They were actually commanded to tithe, they get in big trouble. that's a no-go, and then it even shows up after the law, even in Jesus's time, all right? So again, if it was just an Old Testament thing and no longer seen throughout the Bible, then maybe it's like, ah, oh, it's whatever you want to do. But because God is the same, he does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I have to take it to the bank that, Lord, no pun intended, you are a man of your word, and I'm going to trust you in this, all right? So real quick, tithing before the law. I'm going to give you two scriptures. The first one is in Genesis 14, verses 18 through 20. This is where Abram gives a tenth of his increase to a guy named Melchizedek, which is like a type or a shadow of Christ, all right? Let me read this for you. Uh, Genesis 14, 18 through 20. Then the Melchizedek king of Salem brought out bread and wine, first mention of communion in the Bible. He was the priest of the Most High God, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, Abraham, gave him a tenth of all. This is 500 years before the Mosaic Law is ever put in in place. And Abraham, who is our spiritual father, would you guys agree with that? Abraham is our spiritual father, father of faith. He gave a tithe to a guy named Melchizedek, who, who is a type and a shadow of Christ. He's giving to the Lord. All right? Go further in Genesis. Genesis chapter 28, verses 20 through 22. Write that one down. Genesis 28, 20 through 22. We see Jacob... Mentions tithing here at the place called Bethel, in verse 22, he says, "And this stone which I've set up as a pillar shall be God's house, symboling where the tithes should come to the house of God, to the church, right? And that all of you give me uh, all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you." Jacob tithes to the Lord to the God's house. This is 400 years before the Mosaic law is ever on the case. Then we go into Mosaic law, and we know there's tithing scriptures all over the place, right? And then. Where Christians are like, if Jesus would just have said, if I should tithe, then I'll do it. Want me to show you where he does? Let's go there, all right? Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Jesus came to fulfill the law, amen? We're no under the law, we're under the law of grace, right? We can give freely, and, but if Jesus mentioned tithing, then we should perk up and say, God, maybe this is something that's still for us. Matthew 23, verse 23, Jesus is speaking. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. He says, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and come in and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. Get this, he says, these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. These you have ought to done. What, what is Jesus saying here? You, have ought, you ought to tithe but you also should do the other way to your matter, matters of justice and mercy and faith right so just because the law is gone doesn't mean that maybe tithing is still not good for us right like 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 put this in perspective i think you guys would get this example right just because we aren't under the law anymore doesn't mean it's not any good for us like for example do not commit adultery was under the law right how many of you guys know that's not good for us to go start committing adultery because we're under grace now, amen? Do not steal was under the law. How many of you guys know if I showed up at your house today and ripped the flat screen TV off your wall and said, peace, I'm under grace, Jesus loved me, you'd be calling the cops on my butt, Right? Does that make sense? But like, well, oh, the tithing was under the law. It's a principle, right? I am the Lord. I do not change, Malachi 3.6 says, right? I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know what's best. I know what's good for you. And if I did it before the law and I did it under the law, and Jesus referenced this as a good thing you guys are doing, but you should also do this as well, then maybe it's something that we can consider and not explain away, right? We can clearly see that putting God first and giving him the tithe is a principle before the law, under the law, and after the law. And so we don't have to ignore it. We don't have to fight it. We don't have to try to explain it away. God loves us, and he wants what's best for us. And he set up principles long ago that are still principles that can bless our life today. Amen? All right, so for the last few minutes here, praise God, why tithing? Why should we tithe? What's the big deal with tithing? Why tithing? And in order to answer that question, I want to go over to Malachi chapter 3. We're going to look at a section of scripture, and we're going, to, we're going to talk about our last two points from there. You guys all doing good? All right. Who's learning something today? Come on. I, I feel like it's a master class today. Praise God. Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 6. We're going to look at verses 6 through 12 of Malachi 3. Verse 6, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. From yet, from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said in what way shall we return will a man ra- rob god yet you have robbed me but you say in what ways have you robbed me in tithes and offerings you are cursed with the curse for you have robbed me even this whole nation verse 10 bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of Hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that you they will not he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine your vine fail to bear fruit in, for you in the field, says the Lord of Hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you are delightful land, says the Lord of Hosts. It's a lot in these passages, and for the remainder of our time, the last two points. I want to go here, and point number six, something that we need to realize, number six is, tithing is a test. Tithing is a test, right? Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithe in the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. The NIV translation says, test me. The King James version says, prove me and the hebrew word is proving gold to test gold and make sure it's full of integrity our kindergarten recess translation version says i triple dog dare your butt to bring the tithe to your local church where you get fed and see if i won't do all these things kindergarten translation i would love that one like and on the bible app it's like a little kid that slurs and like lisps like today god you know i would read that i would i would do that that would bless me sorry It's a test. And here's the crazy thing. I studied, I looked really hard this week. The only place in the Bible where God says we can test him is right here in Malachi 3.10. The only place out of all the scriptures that God says we can test him is right here. And it's dealing with bringing 10% of our income to the house of the Lord. It's the only place. Someone say, hello. I was like, are you serious, Lord? He's like, yeah, I'm dead serious about this. Some of us, I think, it seems like we play dumb, though. We're like, we're like that unprepared kid in school days, right? When the teacher came in, she said, all right, everybody, class, who's ready for the test? And our, our unprepared answer was, what test? There's a test today? Shoot! Why didn't anybody tell me, right? What test? I believe God wants to get our heart's attention today and say, yes, there is a test. Every time you and I receive a paycheck, we have a test We're under a test, all right? We're under a test. Are we going to bring 10% to the Lord and give him his, return back to the tithe that belongs to him, or are we going to keep it for ourselves, spend it, use it, do what we want with it, and have the rest of it be cursed? We have a test every single time. If you get paid weekly, you have a test. If you get paid biweekly, you might two to three times a month depending on how long. If you get paid once a month, if you get quarterly, if you're like, I just get paid when I work, you know what I'm saying? You got tests all randomly places, that's fine. But we have a test. And the the Bible uses some strong language about robbing God. What's that all about? Well, here's what I know, and I think you guys would agree with this in society. When you take something that's actually not yours and you keep it, it's called stealing. Right? It's called robbing that person. If it doesn't belong to them but you hold on to it, we rob him. Right? According to Scripture, that's what we do when we don't bring the tithe to the storehouse. Now again, that's harsh language. There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no condemnation. God loves you. He wants to help us. He's trying to help us right now. Amen. But the other important angle about robbing God that I think I don't think it gets preached enough is that when we keep the tithe instead of bringing it to the Lord, we rob God of the opportunity of blessing us. See how that works? We rob God of the blessing, the opportunity to bring out and open up the windows of heaven over our life. I think you guys would get this. If I told my kids, hey, if you clean all, if you do all your chores during the week, I will give you $10, and they willingly choose not to do their chores, have they robbed me any money? I still got $10 in my account. I didn't have to pay them anything. They robbed me as their parent the opportunity of the blessing of rewarding obedience and faithfulness to them. Well, a lot of us, we're robbing God. God's like, I got wind, I got storehouses, I got, I got, oh my goodness. But he doesn't do it unless we do our part. It's a a two-way test. We can test God and he is testing us. Amen? And so the quote, uh, the quote that really, really wrecks me in a good way, Billy Graham said this, he said, a checkbook is a theological document. It tells you who and what you worship. Like, bang. Tithing is a heart test right? And when it comes to tithing, my advice is only, I was talking to somebody in the lobby about this because they heard what we're talking about and they agreed. My advice always is wherever you are, start now. Wherever you are, start now. Why? If you can get your heart in alignment now, it gets easier. And if you're already further down the road, it's harder. And how many of you guys know, the more money you make, the harder this gets if your heart has never been aligned to this principle, right? Because here's what I know, if you can't give God one penny out of every dime, and one dollar, one dime out of every dollar, one dollar out of every ten, every ten out of a hundred, then it's going to be really hard to give God a hundred dollars out of every thousand he drops in your account. It's going to be really hard to give a thousand out of every ten thousand he blesses you with. And it's going to be really hard to write a check for a hundred thousand dollars when God blesses you with your first million of increase. And if somebody's at that level, praise God, all right? No, I'm just kidding. We pay this billing off, praise God. But here's a, something really cool that I saw in my studying. You guys know a guy by the name of John D. Rockefeller? Rockefeller make any, any yeah any, any sense? John D. Rockefeller was the first person to reach billionaire status. And I found out and discovered he was a tither from the very beginning of his working life. He said this in, in a book that I was reading. He said, I never would have been able to tithe off my first million. <laughs> I've never been able to tithe off my first million dollars if I had not learned to tithe on my first paycheck for at that time was a dollar and fifty cents for the week. If we can't give God one penny for every dime, we ain't gonna give well, when I make more money, I'll tithe. No, it's a heart thing, it always is, and it's always a sliding scale percentage. It's a test every time. We cannot kid ourselves and say, once I get to this income level or I pay this off, then I will tithe. You need God's blessing while you're trying to pay that thing off. You're trying to pay off the mountain of debt with 100% cursed instead of 90% blessed. We're not even getting into this. Oh, should should you not tithe until you pay off? I say you tithe now. God gets the first. That was your mistake, not God's, but he wants to get you out of it. But if you're not tithing, you can't have the windows of heaven open over your life, according to the verse. Right? Again, this is strong language. But again, I'm trying to just preach the word, amen? Everybody smile, smile. Thank you, Jesus. So tithing's a test, and God wants us to pass that test for our blessing, for our benefit. Last one is this, number seven. Tithing opens the door to God's blessing. Tithing in our life opens the door to God's blessing. Let me read Malachi chapter three, 10 through 12. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the, your vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. There's four blessings of the tither that I see in here. For time's sake, I'm going to speed through these. First one is windows of heaven open. Does that sound awesome? Open windows of heaven. What does that mean? Open opportunities, job leads, creative ideas, favor, discounts, deals, unexpecteds. The windows of heaven are open. And the second blessing is, and blessings would be poured out of those windows into your bank accounts that you would not have room enough to contain. I'll tell you what, I checked with my bank. There's a lot of room for my account. They said, sir, you could have up to this amount in this account. I, went, I got a lot of room left. So there would not be room enough. Whoa, we got opportunity there, amen? I think a lot of us do. Yeah, that's funny, but it's true. We got opportunity for more there. Our livelihood would be protected. That's another blessing, right? Our livelihood. He says he would rebuke the devourer and our possessions would not be destroyed. What does that mean? Your stuff lasts longer. Your car goes longer. Your house doesn't need those repairs. Come on, somebody. It just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense while that beater is still chugging. You know what I'm saying? Except that I'm a tither. Praise God. He's rebuking the devil off my gas tank, off my radiator. Come on, somebody. Off this broken whatever fill in the blank. And it's going supernaturally further than it should because I ain't ready to get a new car yet. Come on, somebody. He rebukes the devourer. When the storm comes through, the tree doesn't fall on your house. It falls on your neighbor's. I know that's sad, but like they don't tithe. It did. happen. happened, yeah. Why? Why did it fall that way? I don't know. 10%. And then uh, all nations will call you blessed. Blessings will be seen in your life. Now, the cool thing is it's more than just monetary. You can, you can tell the anointing and the blessing of the Lord on somebody's life, right? Sometimes you may not have as much money as the other person, but if you're a tither, come on. And, and you're blessed. Your marriage is healthy. Your kids are thriving. Your business is going well. You're not depressed. You're, you're content. You're enjoying life. That, that's priceless. You can't put a price tag on that. Amen? And those are the intangibles. We're, all nations will say, that person is blessed. I see the blessing and the joy of the Lord on that person. And I know they're not perfect and they're not living in all of this, but my goodness, they look like they live in a joy life to the fullest. Amen. We can do that when we begin to put God's word to the test. Amen. So again, remember, tithing is an obligation. It's not a bill. It's not a duty. It's not a regulation. Tithing is a blessing to enter into. Two statements for you that have wrecked me in a good way that I'll I'll take to the grave with me until I go to be with Jesus. The first one is this, with tithing, God is not trying to take something from you. He's trying to get something to you and through you. He's not trying to take away 10% so you have less. He's trying to bless all of what you have and show where your faith and trust is in him. The other statement is, and I've seen this every single season of my life and so many others have come up and told me these stories. God's blessed 90 percent can go way farther than our 100 percent. we have to believe that if we're ever going to be tithers. It takes faith and it takes trust, because mathematically, 90 is less than 100. But if 90 with God's blessing versus 100 with the curse, not from the Lord, he just opens it up, it, it gets cursed. It just disappears. right? Tithing and here's another thing I've talked a lot. We're going to close. Tithing's not a magic bullet. It's not a lever to pull. Please hear this out of my mouth. God is not a holy slot machine. God's not one poker hand to get lucky, put it all in. He's looking for faithfulness and consistency, amen? But here's what I know, he's a good father and he's just and he's loving and he's holy and he's a man of his word. And if he said it, then I can believe it. If I can believe it, then that settles it. If I can settle it, this can actually be a reality in our lives when we bring the tithe to the storehouse that the blessing of the Lord would be on us. You know, Eric and I will be, have been married, I think it's 17 years um, this May. Hopefully I'm not a year off there. I don't know. I think so. I was looking at the calendar yesterday. And uh, we've been tithers ever since we got married. We just committed. We didn't grow up, I didn't grow up in church at all. This is all new to me. Um, but I remember we got, how cool is it when you get married, they're like, hey, why don't, why don't you just give these people a bunch of gifts and money? Was that cool or not? Like, like just go around a store and scan things that you want. I was like, cool, beep. I got a surround sound system. Like, I was like, honey's oh, like, no, they're for plates and napkins and towels. I'm like, we'll figure those out. Like, let's, let's get the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, beep, 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 beep. And they're like, sir, you're, you, you've exceeded your limit here on the scanner. Give me that. I was like, sorry. Um, all the money that came in for our wedding, we committed, we said, Lord, we're gonna give you 10% of that. From that day forward, every time we've gotten paid, the Lord's gotten 10%. And uh, I'll be honest with you, it hasn't always been easy. God doesn't plot promised flower and roses and no hardship or anything like that. But I'll tell you what, we've been blessed. We've also had to do some hard things. There's been many seasons where we've gotten reductions. We've had to cut back on stuff, do without, not chase the Joneses. Because remember, we'll talk about next week, the Joneses are broke, so don't chase them. We've had to, uh, I got a scar on my left, hand, uh, left arm right here. There was a season where I gave plasma every single day in ministry. And then I would also scour Craigslist. Remember Craigslist? It's creepy like the creepy Facebook marketplace, like get jumped or mugged or something like that. Yeah. Meet me in the parking lot, unmarked car. Like... I was there. We needed money. I, I would look at all the free stuff and I'd grab the free stuff. I'd like dust it off and then I'd relist it for like $40 more and sell it. It's a really good way to make money. People make a whole living off that stuff. Taking on a man's junk turns into another man's treasure. Wow. And God got me through in that season. So I'm not saying it's all flower and roses and like, you just tithe and then all of a sudden like money trees start growing in your backyard and you just go out and harvest it, hundreds. It's like awesome, right? Like you're gonna have to make some sacrifice, you're gonna have to work hard, you have to do without. But I have journal upon journal upon journal, and moment after moment after moment of the Lord supernaturally providing for our family. The Lord is our shepherd, and we shall not lack, and we have never lacked one day of our lives. Because we put his word to the test. But you gotta be sold out, you gotta go all in. You can't say, Well, I wanna see it first and then I'll start doing it. No, it's give God the first and expect him to bless the rest. He, he he's a God of faith. And I've seen him rebuke the devourer. I don't have time. Some of you guys know our septic tank story. I got a fresh car story in the works right now, happening right now. But God's faithful, he's good. It just it just works. I'll tell you what, it just it just works. And I've I've heard this testimony from so many other people that man, we are so blessed. Every tither that I meet, they say, I'm so blessed. Every person that isn't tithing says, I can't afford to tithe. And that's, that's, that, that's the M.O. And if you have that attitude, then yes, you, you are correct. You will never be able to afford to tithe until God gets in proper alignment in our relationship, in our finances. Amen? Y'all doing good? Three takeaways, real quick. I don't have these for the screen. Number one, I felt the Lord impress this on my heart this week. He said, Lay down the excuses. Lay down the excuses. We need to let go of the wrong mindsets we have. A couple of mindsets I see. I need to wait to get my money right before I tithe. That's basically saying I need to make sure that I have order and control before I give. How many of you guys know you'll never have control? Ever. The one that has control, he's on the throne in heaven He's calling out to us, right? There's always going to be another emergency, another unexpected, another kid that you weren't planning on, right? Another reason to justify and excuse yourself from I don't tithe right now because fill in the blank. The truth is you cannot afford not to tithe. Cannot afford not to tithe and have God's blessing on the remaining 90. The other trap I see is, oh, I need to make more money before I start tithing. We already addressed that one. It doesn't work, it starts small, and it continues to grow. This is an excuse that will keep you serving God for all of the days of your life. When people tell me that, I say, I gotta make more to tithe, I'll often lean into this gut check question. I know this is a little harsh. If you were reduced 10% of your income tomorrow, like if you went into work tomorrow and you got a memo or your boss called you and said, we're gonna need to reduce your salary by 10% today, would you die? Would you die? Would your family die? I think most of us would be like, that's absurd, Pastor. Of course we wouldn't die. We would look at things. We would scale back on things. We would downsize a little bit. We would do without because we need to make this work. So many Christians are like, I can't afford to tithe, but we're not willing to change our lifestyle to put God first in his proper place. God will make it up. We've went backwards so many seasons to go forwards supernaturally. And yeah, you're like, I thought I'd be here at this season of life. I should have this kind of house and this kind of car. And if I have to do this and move back out and do this and live with that person for a season and get my finances and money in right, this is going to look bad. Who cares what it looks like to the world, your friend, your neighbor, your grandma? What does it look like to God? Let's honor him. We wouldn't die. We would make it. And so by saying we wouldn't die, we really do have the ability to tithe. We're just not willing to do it. And that is an issue of the heart. And that's only something that the Lord can address. Amen? The second thing I want everybody to do today as we leave this message is pray and ask God what he would have you do in response to the word today. I think God's customizing this message for everybody. We're all at different places. What would God have us do individually in response to the message I'm bringing the tide to the storehouse? For some of you, it's just like, just stay consistent and keep doing what you're doing, keep tithing. For some of you, it's like, I need to listen to this message again and again, and I need to build my faith to understand that this really is something I'm supposed to be doing because I'm not convinced yet. I'm kind of, some of you are like, I'm kind of mad at this guy right now. I'm kind of mad at our next financial planning meeting with our spouse right now. I, I, I don't like the tension that's happening right now in this room. I get that. Don't do it because I said it. Do it because the Lord said it, amen? For some of you, you need to sit down. If you're married, sit down with your spouse and say, God, let's look at this budget. Let's Holy Ghost ninja this thing. What can we take off? Can we take off some things and just begin to give God something? Maybe if we can't hit that full percentage, but just show that we're making some effort here, just a little bit. What do we need to do to be able to give God something? For some of us, it's just like, well, that revelation of the tithe is the first 10%. I'm going to adjust my habits on a weekly, monthly basis of when I pay the tithe and how I do it and and if it's the first. For some of us, it's like, hey, I'm going to to start tithing off the gross and not the net and maybe take God and see what God would want to do in that arena, right? If you're a business owner and you own your own business, this principle works for business too. Like your business could have its 90% blessed by all of heaven if you brought 10% of it into the house of God. I'd oh no, that's just for personal use. Like... I've seen businesses explode when they begin to just start putting God's word to the test. They can't explain it because God is a God who's really hard to comprehend at some times, but he's really faithful to his word. Amen? And then lastly, number three, start somewhere. Start somewhere. The best time to start giving and tithing to the Lord is today. Start somewhere. If you aren't at the place to give 10%, then, then give something. Work your way up. Maybe set a and say, we're going to try this. We're going to try this and we're going to go with this. Move the needle in the right direction. Here's what I've learned. Momentum is contagious and it compounds like compound interest and it, it gets easier to do once you start moving in the right direction and seeing God's hand on your life. But guys, know that there's no spirit of condemnation. There's no spirit of judgment. If you don't tithe another day of your life, a life family church can still be your home. Jesus can still be your Lord. There's, there's no cover fee at the door at this church. You know what I'm saying? I believe just God in His holiness, in His goodness, in His righteousness wants to help us get our money right because it controls so much of our life. Here's what I know when we all begin to win at this and all of our giving capacity increases, our kingdom impact for souls exponentially grows church don't need your money. God don't need your money. But there's so much more vision that is still being downloaded here that we have yet scratched the surface, and it takes human resources, and it takes financial resources. And the Lord has always coached us and said, we go at the speed of your people's generosity, because we ain't going to go into massive amounts of debt to try to take kingdom ground. We're going to do it God's way with his principles. Amen? But We have so much capacity yet as a church family. Amen? I believe God's got so much capacity for you as he wants to bless us. So let's go to the Father in prayer today. Let's ask him to help us in these areas. Speak to our hearts, be obedient to it. Lord, thank you so much. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And man, we just thank you for your goodness and your gentleness, but also your firmness and your clarity. Father, you want what's best for your children. We have to trust and believe that. And if this made your word, then you meant it to make your word. If you kept it in there as a principle before the law, during the law, and after the law, it's still for us today. And so, Father God, we ask you in the mighty name of Jesus to help us. What, is, what do you want us to do? How would you want us to respond individually and as a church family? Lord, forgive us for maybe keeping the tithe or stealing the tithe or spending the tithe or not honoring the tithe or not giving it to you first, giving it to you last, giving you the leftovers instead of the top. Father God, we thank you. We repent in our hearts, but we ask you to move mightily, supernaturally as we take steps of faith forward, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that you're never about our money. You always want our heart. So Father God, we want to give you every area of our life. Let the spirit of money and the enemy's hand lose its grip right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we would just release it unto you. You call it holy. You call it set apart. We love you so much. We thank you for the blessing of the tithe upon our storehouses and in our families and in our businesses, Lord. We receive it, the open windows of heaven. We love you, we praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, so be it, God bless you guys.